Love Talk Radio. Hello, this is David. Yeah, hi, David. This is Leo from the L.A. Steel Show. How are you? Very good. Waiting, expecting your call right on time. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight. Uh, you know, it's a fascinating book. It really is. Um, you are very welcome. I love educating the public whenever I can. And in my office, I only get to see one patient at a time. So when I can talk to a lot of people, it feels like I'm being more helpful. Oh, we're we're grateful that you that you, uh, I I thought the book was great. Um, uh, there's not too many guys around uh, that can write those books, uh, and I think you're uh, I think you did a great job. Um, I I'm sure that there must have been uh, some censorship issues there, or some editing issues. Did you, did you have any problems with that? I had zero problems of any kind since I wrote it myself. I didn't have any no ghostwriters or anything. It was all mine. I had absolutely not a single censorship issue of any kind. Whatever I wanted is in there. Really, really, that's great because um, and it was published through Author House, correct? Yeah. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So that's self-publishing, but it was very, very uh, good. I, uh, I, I appreciate that because uh, yeah, you touched on some very sensitive issues that I don't oh, think yeah. a lot of. Uh, <laughs> Uh, major publishers uh, would have allowed, you know, uh, that is correct. Their own, 
it's amazing. But I, I love that you discovered there, there's so many issues to start from. I, I can't even begin. Uh, maybe the best way is to have you start and explain what uh, you, you, you've cured a number of many, many, many people of major terminal diseases. And um, that uh, maybe you can just explain how that detox of issues work and how your how your patients respond and how uh, what kind of um, what kind of reactions you're receiving from patients initially, and and uh, the medical profession. Um, sure, absolutely. Uh, what is their reaction to you? Well, in, in general, of course, uh, I have quite a few medical doctors that are my patients, uh, and oh, really? usually they've they, usually they've been sent to me by another medical doctor who I helped to get well. Uh, but of course, they don't send me their patients; <laughs> they just send me their <laughs> friends. I don't think they want to. Uh, uh, reduce their practice by all of the people that, uh, in general, they're uh, giving drugs to reduce symptoms while not at all addressing the causes at all. So it's very, very rare the f- physician will send me a patient saying, hey, I can't help you, but you maybe you should go see this guy, David Getoff. But I do have quite a few uh, medical doctors that have come to me because a friend of theirs that it's another MD said, this guy can help you, and they come in that way. Yeah. No, I, I tell you, over my my doctoring career uh, I mean I was seeing doctor career um, uh, I think uh, I find it's extraordinary that the um, well the lack of, of knowledge of so many doctors uh, except maybe in their specific field you know what I mean right um, and even then but uh, well, but even even uh, even in their specific field, I mean, <laughs> even yeah, even, even if you're going to a, uh, right, a uh, cardiologist, an oncologist, and and they're still using drugs to suppress symptoms instead of reversing the uh, the disease. That's correct. That's that's absolutely correct. And uh, uh, I've been through quite a few of those things recently uh, in the last few years. Uh, but I uh, I was very surprised. Uh, one of the one of the things that kind of surprised me when I read it were were the things that that uh, caused caused so many of these odd uh, 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 diseases that were, the modern diseases that we're seeing now, and ninety nine percent you said of all the um, of, of everything that we're exposed to today, we were never exposed to a hundred years ago. Right, they um, haven't been invented yet. Yeah, none of the chemicals, none of the things, none of whatever you know. And um, what what are we seeing today? What how, what increase in these weird diseases uh, over? And what were the normal diseases back a hundred years ago? I mean, you still had um, you still had pneumonia, you still had the flu, you still had uh, different strains of uh, of um, uh, I don't know plague. If you had smallpox or any of that stuff, polio. What 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 do you see today? Have those pretty much vanished, and now there's a new wave of diseases that are autoimmune and diabetes and cancers and stuff like that. Well, the the, the biggest change, and and a number of people have discussed this over the years, is that our population has changed from acute illnesses where somebody gets a sore throat, you know, and their body handles it and they get over it in, in five days to a week and a half or two, or a cold right. or the flu, you know, or, or, or pneumonia, which, of course, a long time ago maybe they would have died of, and today, of course, some of them still die of it because they're not doing all the right things right. in the hospital. But those were all acute diseases. Those 
are no longer the diseases that the largest number of our population have. We have traded them for chronic diseases, where somebody is on drugs for the rest of their entire life. Uh, you know, they, they can't regulate blood sugar. Uh, their heart is beating incorrectly or is skipping beats. Uh, they have cells growing that shouldn't be for cancer. Uh, they have an autoimmune condition because their body is attacking itself because it doesn't know what to do correctly because it has so many toxic substances in it. So, right. you know, I mean, if we're, if we're up to me, uh, for example, uh, we'll, just for a, for a second here, we'll hit something that's a big controversy and you may or may not want to get into it. But the research that's been done in three countries on vaccinations is oh, that you're, oh, you're exactly, you're, you're trading yeah. acute diseases for chronic diseases. So the people that used to get, oh, measles, mumps, and chicken pox, they'd be sick for a couple of weeks, they'd get over it, and they'd be fine. Not all these people dying like they're trying to scare people. And then they'd be fine. Now, instead, they get vaccines, which uh, increase childhood asthma. I think the last research study I said I saw uh, increased childhood asthma by between four and 600%, increased childhood oh diabetes, God. all of these different things. So now we're getting chronic diseases instead of the ones that we get over. And that's a big problem for the people uh, and a big uh, pleasure uh, as far as finances for the pharmaceutical companies. Oh, yeah. I, I recall years of, a number of years ago, um, um, uh, I had a, uh, a regular guest on the, on the show. His name was Cass Ingram, and he was one of the founders of um, natural, um, uh, 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 national uh, Herb and Spice. Um, and, uh, I know Cass very well. You know Cass, really? I know yeah. Cass very well, yep. I haven't talked to him in quite a long time. Ever since he got uh, he got uh, the Ron 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 Paulitis, <laughs> uh, poor guy. Uh, I felt so sorry for him. Yeah, he was so let down. But uh, yeah, but he, we we loved him here on the show. And uh, but he was uh, his interest. He, he was stating that. Uh, um, now, do you use a lot of his products? Do you recommend most of his stuff? Or the only products of his that I use are the really highly concentrated oregano oil products. So I oh, use yeah, his... That's great stuff, isn't it? Yep. yep. I use his oregacillin. Uh, I use his uh, oregano P73. They just came out with a new yep. product called Ultracidal. Those are the only ones of his I use, and they work very well for what I use them for. They do. They, they do. Yeah, we highly recommended those. And um, But we, we found that Cass was interesting uh, so much because he... he uh, he, he he saw the cures and these different things that 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 uh, um, you know he uh, you know like uh, psoriasis and uh, 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 different skin conditions, different uh, allergies and so on, and uh, you know that could be cured uh, the, uh, the way you do it. But um, what would be the um, if you if you could recommend? Um, the biggest thing we have to stay away from, what would that be? Ooh, Sorry, the single biggest thing. That's I get asked that a lot in my in my ten week course. Um, really? And and and, it, and it's a hard it's a hard uh, it's a hard question to answer because each one of us has different things that might be the worst for that person. So for one person, the thing that's the worst thing they're doing and it's causing many of their problems, is they're on a low-fat diet, and fats are very healthy for us. And they should instead learn yeah. which, are the good, which are the good fats and be on a high-good-fat diet, like butter and extra virgin yeah. olive oil and coconut yeah. oil. 
And for the next person, what's hurting them the most is the Wi-Fi and the cordless phones in their home. The inflammation that that's causing may be causing them all sorts of problems with their memory, with their immune system. I mean, it's different things for different people. So it's hard to place one thing in one area. But I guess if I had to, I would just give an overall one and say the biggest issue is the types and quality of the food people are eating as compared to what their body would like them to be eating. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting you say this because we had a, 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 a very good friend of ours who passed away recently, and um, she uh, passed away with um, um, Parkinson's disease. And sure. um, her, but for some reason, and we Lila mentioned it hundreds of times to her, but she wouldn't agree. It was uh, that non, you know, she she ate non-fat yogurt, non-fat this, non-fat that, and so, you know. And uh, her diet soda. Her, and diet, she drank diet soda too. Yeah. Everything was low calorie. Everything was low cal, and, and yep. unfortunately, the, the worst that, possible thing you could do for a neurological disease would be to to consume a neurological poison like aspartame and to consume a low fat diet and not nourish your neurological cells. Mm, that's and that's that's what essentially killed the poor woman. Yeah. And. Um, She's so taken in by those advertisements of for staying thin and wanting to be thin. <laughs> she believes the, uh, the, the she believes the hype, you know, and, and uh, very very sad. Um, but um, but you know, it, oh, it's this this high fat um, uh, diet concept has only really been really. Uh, Come out over the last maybe five or six or six years or so. Yeah, been, I would say probably about that. Is that correct? Just about. Yeah, yeah, about the last last five or six years. However, if you go back, you know, thirty or forty years to when oh, yeah. the keto the ketogenic diet was first developed and shown to, in many cases, get rid of seizure disorders. Uh, that was a long time ago. It sort of got forgotten because they they developed anti-seizure medication and they stopped l- using the diet. Oh, oh. No, it's so, it's so amazing. You know, I, 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 this might be jumping the gun a little, but the, I, one of the amazing things that, um, I, that you mentioned in your book was the toxicity of um, memory foam. Okay, there are people, poor people. I mean, they've got a, you know, everything today from uh, uh, slippers to mattresses are made with memory foam. You um, are correct. It, the memory uh, memory foam is, is it's all over the place, and there do appear. I've I've done some testing on some. There do appear to be some organic latex. Uh, memory foams that don't have any of the chemicals that they're using to make the others, which don't seem to have these problems unless you're, of course, allergic to latex. But the big brands of memory foam, the ones that are advertised on TV all the time, are made of massive chemicals that off-gas or out-gas for over a decade. And a lot of people have all these problems because of their mattress they're sleeping on, and they have no idea. Well, they have their faces in the, in their ma- <laughs> on their mattress. And it's, and, and, uh, what kind of yeah, uh, you know, Lila. Lila just asked, what what types of problems uh, uh, can, are are derived from that uh, toxicity of the, of, let's say, uh, the um, memory, drain, foam. You know, memory foam. 
Well, the, the biggest thing that people have a hard time with, especially doctors, uh, is the, the idea of biochemical individuality. So if you take, if, if 10 people have a headache and all 10 people take a strong painkiller or maybe even just an aspirin, very possibly all 10 headaches will go away because it's a strong painkiller. But when you're talking about poisonous substances, you can have right. the exact same poison, the exact same five or six chemicals or maybe it's 10 that are coming out of memory foam or that are coming out of uh, some other nerve toxins such as, you know, Roundup pesticides, uh, Roundup is actually an herbicide, and 10 different people might present 10 completely different sets of symptoms because of how it's affecting their immune and their neurological system. And that's what makes it difficult for doctors because they don't understand that one poison can cause many different reactions. And so they like to lump everything together and they, and they don't get it. They also don't get it that one nutrient, if it's deficient, might cause lots of different things in different people and you bring that nutrient in and all sorts of things help, like, like fish oil. Fish oil, let's use fish oil as a good example. Fish oil, omega-3 fats, EPA and DHA, when you bring in enough omega-3s from fish oil or cod liver oil, one of the things it does is it helps the blood to flow better. I don't say it thins the blood, it normalizes the blood. A second thing it does is it helps every cell membrane in your body to be more permeable so that toxins have an easier time coming out of them and nutrients, whether it's from a food or a supplement, has an easier time getting into them. That can help 25 dozen different diseases. And doctors don't understand that. They're used to using this drug for that disease. And I, I think sometimes you just really don't know what's going to be the tipping point for you into disease. Haven't that is very, very true to so many different things and maybe go on a protest and they've decided they're going to do some spraying that day and that can be the thing that can be the tipping point for you and maybe kill you or have but you we're we're not we're not exaggerating or that did happen to us back and in maybe 05. come down with a chronic disease and have no idea that it was caused by the environment that you were you you're totally, totally correct. The only people that I've found that seem to have a much better idea of what is hurting them are the ones that have already, sadly, become so environmentally sensitive. We call them either EI for environmental illness or MCS for multiple chemical sensitivity. They've become so toxic that they cannot walk anywhere near the aisle in the supermarket that they sell detergent, like all and shout and tear and uh, tide and cheer, because the, the smells coming out of those boxes get them so ill they'll be in bed for a week. They couldn't go to a home center like a Home Depot, and they couldn't get anywhere near the pesticide, herbicide, fertilizer section, because those bags are also uh, you know, letting a whole bunch of fumes come out, and they get horribly yeah. sick. So they can tell because they react so quickly because their, their cup is full. But most of us get exposed to something that might be very bad for us and is slowly hurting us, and we don't even know it's doing that. That's right. It's really sad. What, of, of, all the, of, all the, um, uh, of all of the massive chemicals that we're, we're exposed to, um, is chlorine one of, the, one of the, I mean, they put that stuff in our water. They put it everywhere, in fluoride, uh, you know, uh, just uh, who the hell knows what else. Um, is put in is put in our uh, our, our uh, 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 I mean God look at poor Flint Michigan uh, all the stuff crap that's in the water systems there what what is uh, what have you found to be the uh, the 
better purif- a good water purifier, or or uh, what do you find to be the? Uh, Should we all be buying bottled water? Should we be buying uh, you know spring water, or what? What, what do you? What, what would you suggest? Well, I mean, I don't like giving lots and lots of billions of dollars to the companies that are taking water, even good quality water from really, really good uh, good places like you know Fiji and Volvic, the good ones, and putting it in plastic containers, and then the plastic screws up our environment. So we certainly have a use for bottled water. You know, there's no question we have a use for bottled water. But you know, people would be better off putting in a really good water filter. There are a couple good ones out. Uh, Aquacera makes a really good one. They're back, I think, in Massachusetts. But you want something that will remove both chlorine and chloramines, because chloramines that have ammonia added to it are harder to pull out than the chlorine, and most municipalities around the United States are now adding either some chloramines or some time of year they switch to chloramines, or they've simply switched totally to chloramines because they kill everything better, uh, but that includes us. So, yeah, I want to be able to pull those... I want to be able to pull those things out, and there are only certain types of charcoal that do that well. Fluoride is interesting because fluoride has never been shown to help tooth decay. It is a poison which screws up the immune system. It causes hip fractures. It causes major mental problems. It reduces the IQ in children. That's been proven and was released by the FDA, or EPA, actually. However, uh, it doesn't cause quite as much problem on your skin. So when you drink it, it's bad for you, but if you shower in fluoride, the chlorine and chloramines in the water are doing more damage to you getting through your skin than the fluoride is. So, you know, you've got to look at everything and decide where to put your money, and it's not easy. I've got, I have a five- or six-page article on my website. If somebody uses my first name, David, and my last name, get off, G-E-T-O-F-F, and ads.com at the end, and goes to my website and just types water into the search box, you'll get a five- or six-page article I wrote, comprehensive article on water and water purification. Now, I, I thought your website was Naturopath for You. Is my that- website is, yes, you are correct. It is naturopathforyou.com. But, you know, you say naturopath and people don't know how to spell it. You say for, and one person writes F-O-U-R, one person writes F-O-R, the other person puts in the number four. Then you say you, one person puts in the letter U, the other person puts in Y-O-U. So I bought David Getoff, and as soon as you put that in, it sends you to naturopath for you. Oh, that works. Okay, that makes sense. So, uh, anyway, um, I was wondering what um, what would you... If you were, this is a good question. If you were the uh, um, the uh, head of um, EPA, okay, right now or not just EPA, uh, Center for Disease Control, or uh, uh, what would be the uh, Surgeon General? Let's say, let's say you're the Surgeon General. Um, what would you uh, rid? What would you immediately warn the country of? And try to rid uh, us of uh, as a as a as a surgeon general. What would be your prior, first priority? I guess if I was up high enough to be able to do this, uh, that nobody yeah. was going to either shoot me or fire me. They were going to let me talk. <laughs> Uh, I would make sure that all of the legitimate information and research on vaccines done over the last 20 years was released to the public and to the medical profession so that they understood that almost everything they were taught previously was a lie, 
and they would have to take a look at this. And I think that would be one thing that I would let them understand, because at that point, so many people would start saying, you know, I'm not going to get a flu shot. You know, maybe I'm not going to vaccinate my kids. I've got to look into this more, more, more in depth. Uh, and then there'd be a groundswell, and more people would have to look into the research. That would probably be one of the things I would take a look at. Another would be to make sure the public understood the damaging effects of the mercury uh, that outgasses 24 hours a day, seven days a week, out of all silver amalgam dental fillings, so that many countries have outlawed them, and we still have them legal here. So I, I would have a number of things, and it would be hard to, to decide what might be number two or three. I would probably pick vaccines, number one, because almost everybody thinks they know the truth, uh, but they've never investigated the experts on the other side of the issue. They think only nonsensical idiots are on the other side of the issue, and that nobody <laughs> that would be an expert would be on the other side, and so they haven't looked to find out that there are world expert researchers on the other side of the issue, and if they listened, they'd go, oh my God, I didn't know. Well, you and that's a, why you I put a whole a bunch of that point. stuff on my website for people to look at. You have a very, you had an excellent graph in the book as well on, on uh, all, of the, uh, all of the horrible stuff that's in these vaccines. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Trump. I, you know, not to give him any credit for anything, but because he he didn't carry carry this out. But when he when he uh, was running for president, or even prior, he made the announcement that vaccines were were the were the worst thing in the world, and um, you know he, he blamed uh, uh, his his son's uh, um, slight autism there on the vaccines, uh, but. Um, but for some reason, once he became president, he shut up about it. Well, and, uh, there's a lot of money on the wrong side of this issue. He became president. He did put Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in charge of looking into this. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr., about three months ago, won a federal lawsuit against the Department of Health and Human Services for their not doing the reports that Congress mandated every two years to be able to send in information on what they were doing to make vaccines safer. They were supposed to send in a report every two years. Oh, and wow. for, 30, for 30 years, they've never sent in any of those reports. So he sued them in federal court, and he won. I don't know whether anything will happen about it, but he did win. Well, they have to, now they have to publish the damn, the damn things, I would think, right? Well, you would think so. You know, when somebody told me about it, the first thing I did is I Googled Robert F. Kennedy federal lawsuit vaccines, and nothing came up. I looked at the first 20 things, nothing came up. I called a friend of mine who told me about it, and she said, what did you do? Did you use Google? And I said, yeah, I used Google. She said, don't you know that Google has now been proven to be uh, monitoring and deciding what they want us to see? And I said, actually, yes, I had heard that. She said, so use one of the others. She said, use DuckDuckGo. I said, okay, I've heard of that one. So I went into the search engine, DuckDuckGo. I put in the exact same words, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, federal lawsuit, vaccines, and it came up immediately. Wow. It's See, amazing yeah, how you, know, you can suppress things. Yeah, you know, it, it's really interesting. And, and uh, when they, uh, they had the, the president of, uh, or the CEO of uh, Google in front of Congress uh, a month or two ago, and... Um, uh, and they were saying that, uh, you know, why is it when you put an idiot, Trump comes up number one in the search engine, you know, and stuff. But but what it is is they also said that 90%, 90% of all searches are done on Google. That doesn't surprise Isn't that me. amazing? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. That, but, but still, it amazed me that 90% of 
uh, all searches online are done through Google, and uh, it just it just amazes me. That gives them a lot of power to misdirect people. Oh, absolutely, tremendously amount of power to direct people and um, misdirect people. So um, you know, I I don't know, but DuckDuckGo is that the name of it? DuckDuckGo is a, is a good search engine. Duck, they don't Duck, monitor yeah, you, Duck. and uh, they do a good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The average, the average family in the United States, well, what is their income, Leo? You did tell me that. About about $50,000 a year on, on the, family, the average family. Family of like four? Well, yeah, whatever. So that's not a lot of money into, into at least here where I live in uh, New England or certainly not in any of the major cities. Correct. Um, so... What they're not making a lot of money, and I know organic or specialty foods are very expensive. True. What is what are one or two or maybe three things that they could do that they could afford for four people? Well, here's here's how I often answer. Uh, actually, there's a website called Quora where they ask all sorts of questions, and somebody asked a similar question to yours. They said, "What do you do when you can't afford?" to eat and buy the foods that are healthier. And I know that my answer that I'm about to give you is not going to apply to everybody because some people don't eat garbage. However, most people, if they stopped getting all the desserts that are bad for them and loaded with sugar, if they stopped going to places like Starbucks and other coffee shops when they were out and they only had their coffee and tea and things like that at home when it's much cheaper, uh, if they didn't feel the need uh, to remodel their kitchen when everything was working correctly, uh, my car is uh, 23 years old and has 305,000 miles on it and works perfectly. I have no need for a new one. So if if a Did lot of things that diet too? <laughs> <laughs> they would have they'd have more money to buy the good stuff. So but, people's but, priorities are what, screwed. What, what kind of car do you have? Uh, it's a uh, 1995 Mitsubishi Expo, and uh, 95 wow. was the last year that that model was made. You know, you know, I I had a, uh, a 1985 um, um, uh, Volvo, um, and uh, a, a sedan, and okay. uh, 1985. I just got rid of it in 2014. Sure. Um, yeah, Volvo is a long-lasting car. Honda and Toyota are long-lasting cars. Yeah. I was on it. I didn't put that. You know, you got three hundred thousand on yours, man. That's that's. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. So, well, I'm sorry we interrupted you. I just couldn't help saying that. Um, that's okay. So, what else would you recommend that they do? Uh, well, I would recommend that they eat the most nutrient-dense foods they can. That's a term that we use in the Price Pottinger a lot, the Price Pottinger Nutrition Foundation, where I'm the vice president. PP for Price Pottinger, NF for nutritionfoundation.org. And uh, basically, if you're going to eat food and if you're going to spend money on food, if you can concentrate on the most nutrient-dense foods – then you don't need as much in the meal. So, for example, if somebody has a piece of grass-fed steak or grass-fed lamb or four or five pastured eggs uh, or some wild-caught salmon and some non-starchy vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, whatever, with maybe some butter and spices poured over them, that's got a lot of more nutrition in it than what somebody's normally having with a bunch of 
uh, bread uh, and pasta, fairly empty calories, a bunch of sugar desserts. So again, we, we want to put the money into the best possible foods, and then we might find, you know, there actually is more money than we thought as we pulled it out of things that we knew we shouldn't really be buying, but we liked them. You know, you know, it's something uh, funny. Uh, I, I discovered this at... I, I, rec- I recommend all these as a supermarket to anybody um, for uh, organic foods and for gluten-free foods and uh, and they're priced well and priced well, but for, and our produce. But I discovered um, uh, something that uh, a bread, okay, and I didn't. I, it's something that I, I would normally have not bought, but they were they were German-made um, breads, a pumpernickel and rye that they had there, and I I've never had them in that. Format. They were almost cake-like. They were almost like they were cut in very thin slices. And I normally wouldn't have bought them because I'm allergic to gluten and so on. But I I bought one just because I, they looked so interesting. And I cooked it up, and I had absolutely no reaction. Now, those those were made in Germany, by the way. Right? Yes, and, I, and I've seen those. Good. And I know exactly which ones you mean when you're talking about the real thin slices. Very, very yeah. dense. Uh, and because they're using uh, non-hybridized, much higher quality grains, see, people think they're allergic to gluten. And they're really allergic to hybridized wheat. And I have lots of patients that when they first came into me, they say, oh, yeah, I avoid gluten like the plague. If I have anything with gluten in it, I have a reaction. And I will tell them, I need you to do an experiment as long as your reaction is not so bad that it hospitalizes you. If it was going to hospitalize you, then I don't want to take the chance. But otherwise, I want you to go online and find some company, or if I have some here, I'll give them some, uh, that sells an heirloom-quality barley. And it could be black buffalo barley, purple prairie barley, but an heirloom-quality organic barley. And they go, no, 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 David, I can't eat barley. It has gluten in it. I go, I understand you think that. But the gluten in an heirloom, old, old, old grain is not the same as the gluten in the hybridized wheat. And they try it, and they go, just like you said with the bread, uh, I didn't react. I had some the next day. I had some three days in a row. I didn't react. Because yeah, people yeah, think was, they know something, and they're wrong. And, and, and it's such a, a great flavor, and it's such a great uh, um, thing. And uh, they're both made in, the, those the two that I got were both made in uh, Germany. Yep. And uh, barley, not barley, uh, uh, pumpernickel and uh, rye. rye. And then I and then I found that they had um, um, uh, uh, that um, they all of, almost all of Europe uh, has thrown out uh, uh, GMOs, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, Monsanto, so uh, throwing them out of their country, so they they uh, ban ban these uh, importing any of our products, but um, because of that of the glyphosate and uh, Roundup and uh, all this other stuff. But uh, I I was amazed uh, that I thought uh, I don't know just the ancient grains and the great uh, good grains uh, you know gave me absolutely no reaction I usually get yep. up very very true do you, do you know do you know the name of the mo- single most ancient form of wheat no no it's called einkorn e i n k o r n einkorn and I have yet to you, find uh, anybody that, that reacts yeah, to it in your book actually yes. Yep, I read that in your book. Einkorn. Yep, Einkorn. There's all. There are also on my website. There's a, a a lecture I gave called Gluten, Gliadin, and Wheat. If somebody goes into the search box and just types in the word gluten, they'll find it. And I go over all this stuff in depth. 
Amazing. Yeah, no, that's great. I, uh, there's certain things like that that um, I've, I've discovered, and uh, you know, it just uh, you know, when I discovered that I had a gluten allergy, it was when it was 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 when I was when I was drinking beer. Uh huh. Um, yeah, beer, and uh, hops. yeah, hops. And I and I, uh, I it's funny. One one week I, I bought a twelve pack of of uh, whatever I can't remember what it was. It's about seven or eight years ago, and uh, or even more now, uh, that I discovered I had this allergy, and I and I I had a, I had it through the course of I had a couple of beers a night, you know, and I had it through the course of the week, and suddenly I, I was I broke out in in uh, in uh, rash and uh, oh, like yep. seriatic rash, and I didn't understand what was happening, and uh, but you know I, I didn't think too much about it until I. Uh, then the following week, I bought a six-pack instead of a 12-pack. I found <laughs> that the stuff was going away, you know. So I gave up beer altogether, and I didn't get any – and the rashes all went away, you know. So yep. – uh, and then uh, uh, then I gave up um, – uh, then I found out about the gluten aspect, and I gave up wheat, which was very difficult to do since almost everything in a grocery store has some kind of wheat or wheat byproduct in it, you know. Oh, yeah, it's hiding all over the place. Everywhere and every kind of food, and so you know, you just it became a a day to day vigil, you know, to 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 be careful what I was eating, uh, to make sure it didn't have any hidden uh, uh, processed wheat in it. But if you want, if you uh, want to take a look at a uh, pretty nice uh, sheet that I made up that goes over all the places that it is and all the places that it's hiding. Uh, same uh, place on my website. Just put in the word gluten. And then click right. on that area, and it's, there's a PDF on that page that I wrote with all the stuff that contains or might contain wheat, and I hand that out to my patients. Oh wow, yeah, oh yeah. In fact, I, I got a chance to look at your website. It was very, very, very nicely done. But um, I um, I recommend everybody go there. Uh, and again, let me let me say it's uh, you go to davidgetoff.com. Uh, yes, that's the easy way to get there. Yep. That's the easy way to get there, and it brings you to naturalpathforyou.com. Exactly. And, um, I, I highly recommend that, and uh, I thought you did a nice job. But tell us what the um, what do you think? Huh, who, what do you think the future is going to be here? You know, now with with climate change and uh, chemtrails, and you know all of the all of the horrendous atmospheric uh, uh, upheaval. Um, you know, it's a, and climate change and that's affecting the, uh, the all, all of the vegetation and all of the uh, all the everything everything in life uh, toxifying. I think the worst thing is the fact we don't seem to have very much sunshine in New England. They seem to be dimming. Yeah, you know, even we have a nice sunny day. You suddenly got a ship, uh, yeah, ship, yeah, a whole bunch of planes of uh, spreading chemtrails over the sun. And it, it's it's been this way for well over ten years that I that I've been uh, more that we have maybe we started noticing it uh, in about two, around two thousand the year two thousand around here and um, a bunch of activists uh, became uh, I started doing a radio show and a television show uh, um, uh, around this and documentaries around these things and it uh, it set off a whole lot of controversy but. You know, they still don't, they don't, you know, people just don't believe it. They can't look up in the sky and see this shit uh, being sprayed at you, you know, and these 
uh, you know, the blacking out of the sun and the, you know, and just, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just overwhelming how blind and dumb so many people insist on being, you know? That uh, is true. You know, that, that, I mean, you are, you're, you're, you're correct. You, you, you asked me what, what I, do I think will happen. Well, there's, there's two things. Number one, unless we can get rid of what apparently they call Citizens United, uh, which makes it so oh, that yeah. a corporation Absolutely. is a person. Um, we can't sue, and I don't mean we because I'm not an attorney, but an attorney can't take the head of an organization, whether it's a federal organization or a private organization, right. in which this person has told somebody or some people to do something that's horrible, that's hurting people. You can't sue that person because in our law in the United States, they would say, well, no, but that person's only an employee. You can't sue him. You'd have to sue the corporation. Well, but that doesn't right. do anything. You can't put a corporation in jail. You can't uh, take away a corporation's rights. You know, you can't do it. So until we can get rid of a corporation as a person and make it so that you can sue an officer of a corporation, we're never going to get anywhere. So that's number one. Number two is I think what we need to happen, and I don't really like this because I don't ever wish bad on anybody, but if we could get one of our many multi-billionaires to come down with some bad disease and find one of us that knows what we're doing and help us to help him cure himself so that he goes, oh, my God, everything. There's so much information out there that's opposite what the doctors were telling me. I should have died, and instead I'm fine. I want to help you publicize all this information because right now all the money is on the wrong side of almost every issue. And if we can't change that, we don't have a lot of hope. How about how about a guy like Elon Musk? Uh sure, Elon Musk. Um, you think you know, Elon I mean, would, would, would uh, you think he would take a chance? Well, I think I think a lot of them would take a chance if they learned this in a forceful enough way that they understood it and believed it. But I don't know right. whether we're going to get that to happen. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you, but I, that's if we don't. But if we don't, in the uh, uh, we we won't have a world left. I mean, we by the by 2025 they're predicting uh, unchangeable atmosphere conditions. Okay, by 2025 that's only what uh, five years, uh, seven years away, and uh, I, it's just uh, it's just remarkable. Uh, and you got this the, you got this monster of a moron in, in the in the presidential office. It's just you know uh, just. Dumping more and more and more stuff into the air, dumping more into the oceans, dumping more into the rivers, um, you know, just uh, ignoring any EPA or, or any any kind of conservation. I know uh, they're just efforts. yep, <laughs> they're 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 it's they're horrible. getting rid of all of the all of the controls that have been put in to try and protect That's us. Right. He's getting rid of them to protect the big corporations instead. Uh, and then That's of course right. you've got uh, the this uh, uh, woman. PhD MIT scientist. I don't have her name at the top of my head, but she's looked into a lot of areas, and what she has said is if that nothing changes in the way we are giving vaccines to children, then I forget what, what uh, date she picked, whether it was 2028 or 2032 or something, that we will have so many people autistic, we will no longer have a workforce. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Really? That, that, that is absolutely staggering. Absolutely staggering. And... Uh, but it doesn't surprise me, you know. No. I mean, no. instead, what what are they trying to teach everybody today? Coding, you know. That's yeah, the all the stuff uh, that they're they're every everything that's being done 
is being pushed in the direction that the big major corporations want it to be pushed to make the money. And uh, ethics be damned, and honesty be damned, and facts Mm -hmm. be damned. Yep, absolutely. No, it's just it's just absolutely staggering, and you know, and we've been covering this for for twenty years, uh, Lila and I. I mean, do, you, do you feel like you're making any headway with with your book and your information? Is there? Do you feel like you have a uh, movement developing? Or I'm not sure if I would call it a movement. I mean, I, I have a lot of people uh, over the years, and it's growing much more quickly since my book came out uh, that, that that understand this. But but that's still such a teeny tiny percentage of what's out there. I've had a I have a bunch of families that for years and years and years they have come to me for their health, and very often when any of these men or women would be in my office, they would make a comment which I thought was cute. They would say, yeah, you know, a bunch of us were talking about something that was health-related, and we had another, what would David say? And I said, interesting. So in other words, a bunch of you were talking about something, and somebody said, well, what would David say? And they said, yeah. So I said, you know, that's sort of a cute bumper sticker. So I made up a bunch of bumper stickers, (laughs) WWDS, and then the second line says, what would David say? And underneath that it says, www.davidgetoff.com. And the first time one of the families came into my office and saw the bumper sticker, they went, my goodness, you made a bumper sticker. Can I have five of them for all of our cars? And so that would be the movement. I would like people to learn all the things that I continually put on my website to educate people. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Uh, no, I, I, you're, you're so what – you, what you've touched on there is so um, interesting. You want to go in and speak to PTOs, parents. Parents, teachers, organizations. <laughs> right, but of course that that, that means that that they have to be willing to let you, and and the big uh, the big money wouldn't want them to hear what I have to say. <laughs> oh God, no! Yeah. But you know, you know, surprisingly, um, surprisingly, uh, there have been some interesting lectures on uh, on uh, public broadcasting. I believe they're probably sponsored, but they, uh, they've they had some lectures with people like yourself who have uh, who are selling, you know, their um, uh, their uh, clinic, you know, their their uh, nutritional uh, uh, thing, and um, I, maybe you've seen them. I, I I'm reluctant to uh, to say anybody's name. I don't think I remember any of them, but I. On occasion, they have sponsored uh, programs on, uh, you know, on their fundraisers on on NPR. Yes, on their on, on their NPR, fundraisers, uh, they have had some good people, uh, Dr. Perricone and and a couple of others who who have a lot of a lot of things right. You know, I, I mean, I don't agree with yeah. everything they say, but they have a lot of right. things right. Well, but but they stay know. away from certain issues. Yeah. You know, you know who they banned completely from uh, from the airwaves. Uh, was Doc? Yeah, remember Doctor Gu? I believe his name was Gupta, um, and uh, he was the uh, Indian. Yes, doctor. I remember Doctor Gupta. Yeah, you remember him? Good man. And when he came out and was and adamantly about legalizing marijuana and medical marijuana, the advantages of it, they yep. took him off the air. Yeah, and, and now uh, we're doing it all over the country. And now, yeah. and now, yeah, he, they took him off the air. I don't know. This was five, maybe eight, eight or eight years ago or so, yep. when he was advocating medical marijuana for uh, all kinds of patients and all types of, of, of diseases. 
And uh, what is your opinion about that? Well, you know, no, marijuana no. has been has, has been researched in many countries. There's a lot of published research on it. Uh, we know that it has anti-cancer properties. Uh, we know that in order for it to have anti-cancer properties, you must have both the THC, which gets you high, and the CBD, which doesn't. They have to be together. You can't just use the CBD as anti-cancer. It's not strong enough. Right. You have to have both. We know that the CBD by itself, which does not get you high, the cannabidiol, uh, has a very strong anti-inflammatory product. So I have, for example, a number of asthma patients where they hated being on their prescription drugs for asthma because steroids are toxic and they're bad for you, and they couldn't get oh, off yeah. them because nothing they did worked. Well, I changed their diet. We put them on a nice anti-inflammatory diet. We went from grain-fed beef to grass-fed beef. We went from the wrong fats to the right fats, and they started to be able to taper off their meds quite a bit. And then... When I learned that CBD could be helpful, we started trying that, and I have people that are taking, oh, anywhere from 40 to 80 milligrams of CBD a day, uh, and many of them no longer need their steroids, and they are just thrilled to death. Oh, oh that's tremendous, see? And, you know, I saw something the other day, too, uh, recently, uh, well, last year, I believe, about um, injecting... Uh, 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 um, um, injecting... Uh, tumors and breast breast cancer uh, tumors with uh, with CBD oil and it and it destroys the cancer cell right away immediately. Have That's marvelous. That? I've never I've never seen anything on the injectable use of CBD. I'll have to go I have to go hunt for that. And they inject it right into the tumor and the breast tumor and it just dissipates. You know, breaks it all up. And uh, and uh, and they. Uh, uh, they, they, this is this is research that's out there, and it's been an experiment, and it's being used, and uh, you know, and they're trying to restrict it because you know of the medical marijuana issues. Uh, well, that's not the only reason. They, if that were true, I mean, if if the research yeah, really does show that, they would restrict it because it's not going to make them any money. Chemotherapy is expensive. Right. CBD right. is not. Yeah, chemotherapy, you know, yeah, man, you know, but uh, but this stuff cures. Immediately, with an injection, you know, breaks up the the uh, the uh, 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 thing. You know, it kind of reminded me of uh, P73, that uh, oil of oregano. How how immediately that stuff works on on things, you know. Yes, uh, yeah, the, the uh, oregano oil works very, very well. I thought it was very, very interesting. After all of the years that I knew Cass. And I had his original book. He gave me the first copy of his Cures uh, uh, in the Cupboard book. And his, his name was always Dr. Cass Igram. And so many people kept mis mispronouncing his name, even though it was Igram. And they kept on saying Ingram because that felt right in their mouth that he legally changed his name from Igram to Ingram, which I would never change my name. I mean, get off is a weird name, but it's my name. Yeah, well, no, but it's pronounceable. Get yes, off, you know? that's true. <laughs> it is well, pronounceable. You have a name that's not pronounceable by most people, like my own. Um, you know, it's uh, you, 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 uh, for the last twenty years, I've gone under the name of L.A. Steele, all right, and uh, in my shows and my everything. But, but uh, as soon as you teach somebody that is pronounced NATO, it's very easy. Yeah, but there aren't that many people that pronounce it that way. You well, know? you have to teach them. <laughs> yeah, we, well, We're all slow learners, the people. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but, but these are the same people that they when they pronounce steel, they pronounce it steely. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, oh, L.A. Steely. You know, uh, 
or, uh, but it's like, you know, what, what, what are you going to do? But when I got into broadcasting, uh, some wise guys, uh, some, some guys that were in the business, uh, said, uh, man, change your name, change your name, you know, take, take, take a stage name because, um, for two reasons, number one, for security. Okay. You're on the air. He says, and number two, recognition. He says that nobody can pronounce your name right, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so, uh, that, that was my first, uh, uh my first lessons. And it, and it worked out for me because I, I it, it gives you that uh, that, that other um, dimension to your personality, you know. And sure. Gives you, yep. uh, in my field, uh, we're very very controversial on many many subjects, so it's like, you know, it keeps the it keeps the bad guys away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. We got to keep the bad guys away, but it's hard because they're the wealthy ones. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, it keeps the bomb threats away from me. <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting back on track, Leo, I did, I did want to ask you um, sure. before the end of the show uh, about detox. Uh, do you recommend that, and how often do you recommend it, and why is it a good thing for people? Okay, um, absolutely I recommend detox. The, the <laughs> first thing that I put every single patient on, you know, my initial consultation is uh, three and a half to five hours. Uh, they're in my office for a long time, a lot of paperwork. And the first thing that I will always put everybody on is some form of some brand of some dose of kidney support and liver support. We usually have to start it at a very low dose. I say disregard what the bottle says. I'm going to tell you what dose I want. And we slowly bring it up until finally we get to a decent level because those two organs, our kidneys and our liver, uh, are you know two of the main organs in the body responsible for helping the body to clear out poisons. And since uh, 99% or so of all the chemicals that we're exposed to didn't exist on the planet Earth as little as a couple hundred years ago because they've all been manufactured in a lab, they're not natural, therefore we were never designed, no matter how we got here, I don't get into those arguments with people, our kidneys and liver were never designed to be able to handle these substances because they were never here. So I start by supporting kidneys and liver, and I don't know which product it's going to be because it's different people. I talk about a couple of them in the book. Um, as soon as we've got the kidney and liver working better, which can take anywhere from a couple of months to you know six or eight or ten months, uh, then I can start pulling other poisons out of the person's body because I can't prompt the cells to start releasing some of the built-up poisons, whether they be herbicides, pesticides, heavy metals, uh, solvents, until when I do that, they won't overload the kidneys and liver so much that they're going to make the person feel like crap and never want to talk to me again. So we have to get the <laughs> detox pathways working first in order to do that. And so all of these supposed cleanses, the master cleanse and the olive oil and maple syrup cleanse, and, it's all nonsense because you can't cleanse the body that fast you certainly can't cleanse the body with maple syrup or honey or something that's pure sugar because now you're bringing something that's bad for you. You have to first slowly get the kidneys and liver working well enough, which is not a fast feat to do. And then after you've gotten a lot of poisons out of those organs so they can do their job better, now we have to start pulling them out of the entire uh, cellular structure of the body and ushering them through those organs. And it's a slow process, but of course, look at how many years they've been coming into your body. Uh, they've been coming into your body since conception because the study done by the Environmental Working Group, EWG.org, uh, the study was called Body Burden, the Pollution in Newborns. It was done, I believe, in 2005. Uh, they got the umbilical cord 
from newborns all around the world. And they tested them for, I think it was about 150 different poisonous substances. And every single one of these newborns, before they were born, it was going in from mom through the umbilical cord, had dozens and dozens of toxic chemicals in them already. So we're toxic before we're born, and then we continue to become even more toxic. And that's one of the reasons for our cancers. It's one of the reasons for our neurological diseases. It may be the main reason for every autoimmune disease. And if we want to reduce our risks, we've got to start undoing those things slowly and then faster and faster to be able to have things coming out faster than they're going in. Otherwise, the boat sinks. As far as as far as inhaling uh, these toxins, um, are they are they uh, is it more deadly to inhale some of these, or uh, you know, or is, uh, absorb it through your skin, or uh, digest it, you know, or or, or eat it? I mean, totally, what, what de- totally depends on the poison. Completely depends on the poison. I mean, obviously, if you live in an agricultural state like I do in California, then even mm-hmm. if you don't use any pesticides or any herbicides inside or outside your house, because I do not, I guarantee you there are people on my block that when they see a weed, out comes the Roundup. You know, when oh, they yeah. have anything, any kind of roaches or ants or something, out comes some other pesticide. And that stuff gets into the air. And we're all breathing it. So whether it's something is more toxic going ingesting it or through your skin or breathing, that would depend on the quantity and you, because we're all different. Oh, absolutely. I, I remember back uh, back in the 80s, uh, believe in the 80s, yeah, early 80s, uh, Connecticut had a, uh, a massive infect, uh, infestation of gypsy moths uh, sure. throughout the... Uh, throughout I the actually remember night. that, yep. Were you living in this area then? Um, uh, Well, I moved out here in 79. Before that, I lived in Manhattan uh, in uh, New York City. Well, it was probably, I think it was like in the late, late 70s, uh, early 80s. Yep, I remember that. Invaded invaded all of, uh, specifically Connecticut, I remember very well. But uh, people were spraying, uh, what was the, uh, again with an H, uh, some kind of. well, H uh, would be Haldane, M is Malathion. I mean, there are so many uh, toxins out there. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Uh, it was, they, were, they were spraying Malathion all over the place. I know I did myself. I had I had apple trees in front of my in front of my yard, and I with these huge nests of uh, yeah. And uh, but the guy across the street from me, he came. He got sick uh, yep. from spraying his trees. <laughs> he got very sick. Okay, with uh, and it was through Mal- Malathion. And of course, then I stopped mine. What I did is I, I went up and I lopped all these huge branches off and uh, and and uh, got them in a, uh, in a in a and created a bonfire uh, with that stuff and uh, burned them all um, in, in my backyard. But um, uh, it was it was amazing, and a lot of people did. Uh, what we found the most effective thing was these strips that you put around the trunks of the trees. Um, you know, they just couldn't crawl up that. Yeah, they, yeah, they, it was they, aluminum they, foil or something. Like no, that. it was a sticky. It was some kind of. A yeah, there's a, there's a product called there's a pro- product's been around for a long time called Tree Tanglefoot, and you can put something around the tree and then coat it with Tree Tanglefoot, and no insect can get past it. That's right, and they they because they, they climb up, you know, or, or climb down, and they get stuck in that stuff, and that worked, but it it, it made the tree look. It gave it a nasty. Uh, you couldn't get rid of it, but. Uh, at least to save your trees, it made the bark. Yep. It made the uh, bark look like hell for 
a long time. <laughs> it didn't wash off. But uh, but that what but surviving that year, a lot a lot of people got really sick from from so uh, spra- a, from spraying those right. spraying those things. Um, and they use those in greenhouses if they. Yeah, and there's, there's the, and oh, yeah. Fact, yeah. Yep. there wasn't any warning on them. You know, do not inhale or wear a respirator or whatever. Nope. You know? Nope, no warnings. They've got them in all the stores, and there and pesticides and herbicides are some of the main causes of cancer and Parkinson's and all sorts of neurological and memory problems. And the public doesn't know. Oh boy. The one place I would never live next to is a golf club. Ah yes, people here. That's a, that's a very good point. Golf clubs, uh, golf courses actually are massively sprayed. Uh, with all of these different poisons, and every time somebody goes out and they play golf, uh, and the sun hits it and vaporizes all these chemicals, and your your ball is rolling over the chemicals, you're picking it up with a bare hand, and it's going through your fingers. Golf course is a toxic environment. Right. I'd never want one near my house, especially um, if you have a well or near your water system or anything sure. like well, that. that. Back, uh, very yep. Back back in the '80s, I used to sell real estate, and uh, in Connecticut, and I uh, I was lucky. I I, I listed uh, uh, about five houses on one golf course, and there, you know, uh, and uh, that that one year, and I remember, but not one time did anybody uh, mention anything about uh, uh, about uh, the spraying of the golf courses back then, or any kind of pesticidal thing, uh, but. Uh, uh, so you know, there's nothing to disclose there. You know what I mean? Today, yep. today you'd want to exclude, exclu- uh, ex- you know. Yeah, but they. One of the problems is, is that they don't. They care. They have a golf course open, say in the spring and the summer and the fall, mm. and they're using those chemicals, and then they they store them in you know in places like <laughs> the golf course, yeah. and people do not realize how toxic that stuff is. They might store them in a room in, in that's in addition to their golf shop or their pro shop. Or in the garage. People, yeah, people yeah, are yeah. sitting there, you know, the people who work there are there all day exposed to all these things. Yeah. They don't realize it. Yeah. But, you know, it's the same as if you're working in a, in, a, in a chemical plant or something. Yes. But, um, very dangerous, I think. Well, David, you know, it's been a pleasure. Uh, we're running over time, but we're still recording. But... Um, uh, I want to thank you for being on. It's been a highlighted, a very informative uh, uh, conversation. We thank you very, very much. You and are I'll very, very welcome. Uh, also, uh, the next time you say uh, you see or hear from Cass Ingram, tell him, uh, tell him Leo and Lila said hello. Okay, I will you know? make a note to do that. I don't know. If, I I don't know if he's still doing radio. He was he was doing his own for a while. Um, uh, he, st- he started doing his own show for a while, but I don't know if he if he's still on the air. But, yeah, uh, not sure. I see him every March at the Natural Product Show in Anaheim, California. He's always up there oh, at the at the booth. So uh, say yeah. say hi to him. Don't Leo and Lila uh, miss him? Yep. I right. will try to make a note to remember to do that. Okay. All right. Thanks, David. <laughs> and it was a pleasure talking to you. And- yeah. And oh, what you're, right. you're doing is great. Yeah, he wrote a number of uh, really other great scholarly books too, as uh, Kasim Khalil. Um, you know, is uh, writing about his um, uh, uh, Islam and uh, in support of that. So, uh, he, uh, well, my favorite book guy. of his is the Oregano Oil book, which is called "The Cure Is in the Cupboard." Yep, that's a very, very good one. Yeah, Rose wrote that 
But yeah, you know, you know what I think his best book was. What's that? His best book was Wrongly Blamed, right? And uh, ask him about that one. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen that one. Sounds good. I'll take a look. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, very different. It was very different. But uh, we uh, we appreciate you, man, and uh, thanks for being on. You are very welcome. Right. Have a great rest of your week. You too. All right. All right. Bye bye. That was David uh, Getoff, and you can go to davidgetoff.com, and it'll bring you right to his website, uh, naturalpathforyou.com. Natural means N-A-T-U-R-O-P-A-T-H, four, the number four, U-Y-O-U.com. Uh, okay? So uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and say good night. Uh, good night, folks. And uh, you know, we wish you the best, and have a, have a pleasant evening.